Welcome to Our Black History, a podcast with Terry Gamble and Dr. Brandon Gamble, featuring real stories about real lives. Our Black History. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Our Black History. Um, I'm here. I'm Terry Gamble, and I have Brandon Gamble. Ooh, it's my brother, Dr. Brandon Gamble, here with us today. And we have a wonderful guest. We're so excited. Um, I'm excited. I'm probably more excited than my brother because Kate and I, uh, oh, I already said your name. This is a dear <laughs> friend of mine. <laughs> um, we met because of karaoke that brought us together, one of my nearest and dearest favorite things on this planet. So, um, and I, we just, I'm just excited. I just wanted to talk with you about your life, Cade. So welcome Cade Hamilton to the podcast. Yay! Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Also, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm, I'll need your help. <laughs> That's why, you know what? None of us know what we're doing. It's all made up all the time. Just, even this no show, one we were knows like, what they're doing. Ooh, we got singers, more singers. Yeah, Brandon, um, <laughs> bringing the, the gift of music to this podcast. No, it's just, um, really, we don't know what we're doing. I think the biggest thing is that's a lot of people don't know what they're doing. And we wanted to give some context to this world and just life and perspectives. I think the more we share our stories and people get a grasp of the the, the world and, and, and getting to know each other, I think the world becomes a better place. So that's the, the whole idea, right? That was so, so uh, wise sounding. Wow. You, you dug stop. deep for that. That was beautiful. <laughs> But that's that's really it. So I know it's so funny when I called you to be on the show, K2. You're like, my life's not interesting. I was like, no, your life is so interesting, but you don't know it is because you live it and you're in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I just am like honored to be here because I know how awesome you are. And from what I've heard about you, Brandon, I also know you're really awesome. So I'm just like, okay, I'm regular though. But like, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what y'all think. That is nice. <laughs> <laughs> beyond so Kate I want to know just like we can start at the beginning and, and talk a little bit about your life and I know now you've been doing travel nursing and stuff like that but I want to know where you began where did you grow up where were you born and tell us a little bit about you from your the beginning okay well let's see I was born in Provo Utah um to my mom and dad <clears throat> who were both both Mormon at the time uh, my mom's from Spain and she converted there and came to BYU because she thought that was like the only college in the United States. So she was like, I'm coming. And then my dad is uh, black from North Carolina and he went to BYU Law School and he was actually the first black student at BYU Law School. So he also converted when he was like in his 20s. So he went to BYU. So that's where I started as a wow. baby Mormon. Yeah. What? Okay. So this is okay. This I'm okay. This is a really big reason I brought you on too, because my brother had a habit of whenever people would come knock on his door, some missionaries would come knock on his door. He would always invite them in and have a conversation. Uh-huh. But often came to one of the biggest craziest things that's wild to meet a black Mormon because of some of the old prophecies and laws and just some things about you know not getting into the priesthood and a whole bunch of stuff that goes on with that. Yeah. Well, I quit before any of that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but um. My dad actually like wrote a whole book about that. I read uh, some of it, but but yeah, he like kind of explains like how, what's it like being a black man in the Mormon Church. Like, I how did he reconcile it? I'm just curious. Well, my my oh mouth my is just sitting wide open. My jaw like hit the computer. I'm just whoa. 
yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't read all of it because <laughs> there's a lot of it's a lot of scripture, and I was like, I'm not really interested. But yeah, basically, right. my uh, kids don't read anything I write. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah like he just kind of talks about i guess the like progression and like you know how it's all about like god decided that it wasn't a good time until you know whatever after the civil rights and they're like okay things are cool now you guys can have the priesthood so he got yeah he just talks about like the church uh lore i guess mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know what to call it totally um, yeah and then, you know like and then his relationship with the church and you know he finds a lot of meaning in it and you know his family his mom died when he was like a kid and then his dad died when he was in his teens and like after his mom died i guess the thing back in the day was that like his dad just gave his kids away to his like sisters or sister-in-laws so like family is a really big thing to him so i can get the appeal of being a mormon in that context so what was it like for you? Did you have to go to church as a kid? Like, what was that for you? How did that their religion affect you as a child? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I had to go to church. <laughs> so uh, I am uh, so I was born, like, assigned female at birth. So I was born a female. And so I knew as a young, young kid, like, my first memory that all I wanted to do was be a boy. So obviously growing up in the church, that was kind of a weird thing (laughs) I was um but like you know as a kid it was like whatever you're just like go to nursery sing songs hang out with other kids it's not a big deal but like even by the time I was like eight which is when you get baptized in the church I already knew like I didn't really care and I was just doing this because I was supposed to do it like my dad was actually the bishop so the bishop's the one that baptizes you whoa yeah he was the black bishop he was actually he was a bishop in San Francisco and then Whoa. he was also a bishop in uh, Spain on the base where we were. So I was in okay. Spain when I got baptized. Incredible. Yeah. So, you know, the crazy thing is like he, him, him and my mom were like the people, my brother. So my brother's still in the church and he actually served his mission in San Francisco. And like, people are like, oh my gosh, you're Keith's kid. Like they know, they still like talk about my dad and my mom like I don't know they were like celebrities in the church it's wild because I was like you know a little kid I didn't care (laughs) but yeah so he so he's been a bishop twice um but yeah that's a big deal okay sorry I'm just just floored because I mean like my like weird tangential thing like I used to go to steak dances with like my friends in high school so like I had to go like get interviewed for those who don't know it's like Mormon dance is basically like social socializing yeah. I grew up Adventist we weren't allowed to dance so I thought it was a cool thing to go be Mormon and like dance so like I got I had to go but you have to go get interviewed by a bishop and get your card if you're not an act in the church oh, I didn't know that to get cleared to go so I had to go like interview with the bishop and like yeah. they were like okay like oh yeah you're okay like you're a conservative kid go for it and hang out with our other conservative kids and you can go dance with them just don't marry anybody um oh my uh, you know (laughs) anyways so back to you this is amazing i'm just floored by this so i i I get like the weight of a bishop that's why i'm just thinking about that like that's a really big deal that's a person who says yes or no to a lot of things yeah in the air in, in that region yeah so i was a bad little heathen child because you know so you're supposed to, or at least my dad was like, okay, you're supposed to read the Book of Mormon. You know, you tell me about why you want to baptize. And I was like, I'm not reading that. <laughs> I just, I lied like a terrible human. I just was like, yeah, I read it. But, you know, 
to be fair, I did know like all the stories. We had these cool like comic versions of like Bible and like Book of Mormon. So I'm like, it's not like I didn't know the history and like everything that was in the Book of Mormon. But I was like, I just don't care enough to read this. I'd rather read my Redwall novels. Okay, um, so those so, yeah. cartoons are amazing. I've watched them on YouTube. They are awesome. <laughs> And yeah, they're great. And they also have like the comic books. So, you know, we were, I still know like a lot more like Christian stuff than most Christians I meet. I'm like, wait, what do you mean you don't know about like Samson and Delilah? That's like the coolest story in the Bible. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, so yeah. So I, you know, I said what I had to say, I got baptized, whatever. But then like, obviously once like, I hated going to church mostly because I hated wearing dresses, which I had to do. Like, I just like, I was like, I don't go to church. I don't want to wear a dress. This is, I don't really care about this, but you know, so when my parents got divorced and my dad moved back to Utah and all that, I finally was like, oh, I could quit. Cause my mom wasn't going to really make me go like by that time, you know, divorce in the, I guess it was the nineties, like in the Mormon church wasn't like it's still kind of like frowned upon right so they kind of were like let's just say mormons outside of utah are a little bit more hardcore than mormons in utah and i think they just have to be because they're like the only people (laughs) the only mormons in the area but they kind of were like crappy to my mom so she stopped going and then i was like it's my chance to finally break free (laughs) so i did and my dad wasn't happy for a while uh but you know he's over it now but like yeah, that's that's what I was like. This ain't for me. So I didn't even get to learn any of the cool stuff because I was like fourteen, maybe. Also, I was still a girl, so I didn't, it's not like I would have ever gotten the priesthood and been told that I get to like populate my own planet when I die because that's not that's still only for guys, right? Yeah. So yeah, so. I'm yeah. sorry you don't get that planet, Kate. I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Too much responsibility. I can barely handle my own life. Like, can you imagine? <laughs> it's so, good like karaoke. Some good <laughs> be like, Mormon humor. This is awesome. <laughs> just be like, lots of parties. No hangovers would ever exist. No one would ever have to work unless they like wanted to. It's actually like communism. That would be my... <laughs> <laughs> my planet <laughs> oh so good so okay so I want to know like just more about I don't know growing up you know black and also like all of this as a as a kid where where what was school like for you was it yeah what, what were any experiences from from that you want to share so growing up, so so my dad was in the military for a while. So we lived in Utah, and then we went to the base in Treasure Island, which is now closed, but that was in San Francisco. And then we went to Spain, and then he decided to go to the reserves, but we moved back to Utah. So like all those places, we were like the only black family, like ever. Like I don't think I ever saw it until we went to Spain, and then his friend was, you know, black. But like there was no black kids in any of our schools. We were like it. Um, and you know what? It it didn't really matter. I, you know, when I you know, as a kid, I think you just don't know. And you know, I had my friends, we had a good time, there was never like any problems. And then so that wasn't really like part of my identity. I mean, obviously I knew mm-hmm. we were black and we looked different, but like 
there was no reason to like think about it. And then I moved, we moved to Massachusetts. My mom wanted to get her PhD. So we moved to Massachusetts and that was like, I was in sixth grade and that was like really the first time where like I was forced into an identity. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, <clears throat> you know, we went to like the public school, Amherst, Massachusetts, which is a great town. Um, because it's a college town so it was pretty diverse and it was really the first time that there was like black kids and hispanic kids and like (laughs) non-mormons things like that you know um and like i remember my teacher who was uh black but from england so it was weird coming in sixth grade i was like the coolest kid in utah like i had i was friends with everybody i had all like sort of different social groups I hung out with the guys I hung out with the girls like whatever it didn't matter it was just like we were having a fun time and then it was weird going to like the east coast where like trends are different like baggy pants were like a thing and since my dad was a lawyer he, he like he's like you can't wear baggy clothes that's for criminals like so we weren't allowed to buy baggy clothes so I already was like I'm gonna lose like I wasn't cool just from what I was wearing like we would my mom would take us and we'd buy like the colored jeans like a and, like a set of jeans in every color like I had like magenta forest green like nothing cool like cool now but not cool yeah. not cool back in when I was in sixth grade so that was already like whatever and then it was like you know I was a smart kid because my mom really you know she's a professor she really like made sure that like we were interested in learning so it was like already they're like oh my teacher was just like so happy she's like a smart black kid or you know like yeah so that already was like okay well why does it have to be because I'm black I'm just smart I don't think it matters but you know that that label was put on me and then I had these two friends um Crystal and Selena they were like kind of like the only people that like in the beginning like would hang out with me like during recess and we like played together and I guess at some point my like teacher told my mom like don't let Kane hang with those people like they're bad news which was wild because Crystal was like rich like she lived in like the rich part of town Selena was kind of from like you know lo- lower co- like she lived by us in our condo so she wasn't like you know bougie or anything but like it was like the first time that I was like why like I realized like oh, it's because they were black and apparently that was not good. So my mom like didn't really let me hang out with them, which I didn't really think about when I was in sixth grade, but now I was like, oh my God, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And this was coming from like a black professor, but she's British. So, you know, the whole, you know, black Americans and black British people are very different and they still have their ideas of what, what it's black means, right? And then <clears throat> it was yeah. also like puberty started happening. And I was like, Ugh. oh. <laughs> so it's awful no matter what but I can only imagine what was that like for you I mean so here's the thing like I didn't know trans was a thing obviously uh back then it wasn't very like public and it's or trans men right I didn't know they existed like you know you see trans women are cross you know like that was kind of in the public eye somewhat or like on SVU, like, so I knew that like trans people existed, but I didn't know that trans men existed. So my whole life, I just was like, well, I'm a girl, but I wish I was a boy, but I'm a girl. So what, what am I going to do about that? Like, 
I just kind of had accepted it. And, but like, I knew like if a genie like came and it was like, I grant you three wishes. Like I was like, I want to be a boy would be my first wish every single time. And then being rich, but first being a boy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, but I like, I knew, like I, I never, I guess had the thought that I was going to become a boy. So I just kind of accepted my fate. And also because I liked girls and being a Mormon, I was like, well, that's not okay. So I'm just gonna be alone. <laughs> So I'd accepted a very sad fate that like now looking back, I was like, oh my God, you are literally okay with just like being single. And like, so I was just like, I have my friends and my family. That's good enough. (laughs) Yeah, no, I went through a very similar thing. I was older, but like, I definitely had that same thing. I remember like very vividly going to like, with my mom to like the women of faith conferences like these big like rock concerts, so to speak, of like Christian women, like singing and giving talks for a weekend. And we would go. And I just remember one of the ladies, she was the single one, but I was like, clearly she seemed like the old lesbian. Like I was like, I think she's an old lesbian. I don't know. She sounds like a dude, like her whole demeanor about her. But her her book is like, I married adventure. That was her thing. And she just traveled the world. I was like, I guess that's what you do. Like you may not get to have a family and you have to be single. But you could go around the world. <laughs> like, I was like, I guess that's like, that would be it. Like, I was like, I guess I'm just going to be a single lady that travels. Yeah, I, did did you kind of do that? Shut up. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did get married for a time and then I became a single lady again. And then I was yeah. like, I guess I travel now. <laughs> all right. All right, Auntie Mame. I got you. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> But I just remember that so much. But that's the thing. You, you if you don't see it, you that's like the example is like you just have to be, you know, alone and single and 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 that's it. Yeah. And like obviously you're like, I don't know, I'm twelve, like I don't know what being love is or what sex is. It's like whatever, that's cool. I don't need that. Like I don't care. <laughs> I'm twelve. I don't like I don't even have crushes on people, right? Uh so then so yeah, so I was like not surprised about what puberty, you know, like I was like, well, puberty's coming but i did hate it because it just sucks right right acne i was like um wearing a bra is so annoying like uh (laughs) like like i just was like i just want to run around like a weird animal child and like not have to worry about boobs and stuff like that (laughs) so i really did hate having a bra but luckily i had very small boobs so it was not like i really had anything to deal with really (laughs) like barely a baby (laughs) which is useful in the future Um, yeah so yeah so then uh you know so I I feel like because of like being Mormon and also because of the times and just like being like part of the queer community just even though it was like starting to be like better, it still wasn't like a normal. And like my parents, my dad was still Mormon. My mom was like, you know, kind of Mormon, but she's pretty like kind of old. Not, I mean, she's an interesting person, but she she's very like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, she's very supportive, but there's certain things that she's like, ah. if I was like, mom, I want to be a boy, she'd probably be like, what are you talking about? You know, like, so that was very secret. I didn't tell anyone, like, ever, like, no one knew. I think the one time that I ever mentioned it's like, I was remember I was in Spain, I probably was like five or six. 
and there was this like girl in my like kindergarten class that I loved and I was like dad if I was a boy I'd marry her and he was like never say that again and I was like oh god okay oh. I won't so I never did so it was kind of a secret so it was just like a <laughs> interesting time I like definitely was like okay now that I know what a lesbian is and I know that's me I can't let anybody know <laughs> so I was like I'm not going to do anything that will let people think that I might be a lesbian even though I'm sure people still knew even if I pretended not to so I like did it like do some of the things that I always was interested in I was like well I can't skateboard because then I'll be a lesbian like anything that was like masculine wow like I just was like no let's just pretend I don't want to do any of those things, right? Um, and, I, and I didn't. It wasn't super girly either, but you know, I just, I just was, right? Not that it was like miserable. I had a good time. I mean, I wasn't the person that you met now. Like I was shy and like kind of kept to myself and was like everyone. Apparently, my sister was like everyone loved you, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't. I was like, I had my like six friends, and like I didn't care about anybody else, and uh, like I wasn't like a cool kid, but I wasn't like picked on or bullied or anything, except for this one kid uh, used to call me Keisha Eccles, like like Steve Urkel, but it doesn't make sense. And I was like, Oh my god! I was I did not care because I was like, You're an idiot though, so nothing you say to me matters because like you're literally dumb. <laughs> like I do not. <laughs> Like, I was like, whatever, good one. <laughs> so that, that was like the only person that really like bullied me. And I was like, okay. like your insults are lame. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah but, that's uh, all you got. You need to, you need like, to go back. Yeah. I was like, okay, you, you go to the like alternative high school. Cause you're just stupid, which now I'm like, um, not like now I don't support that. And I was like, okay, well he was probably That's a like, little elitist. He yeah. probably had some problems now in hindsight. Yeah. Yes, exactly. But at that time at I was like, time? You're an idiot. And so when you make fun of me, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Uh... Yeah. Uh but yeah, so like there was looking back, even then, like it was a college town. It's pretty or like, you know, they like to pretend they're progressive, like that our like our high school was in like the national news because they refused to do I think it was the West Side Story there's like a big hullabaloo about like we can't do West Side Story it's for you know we're white like you know so dumb stuff like that like the fake woke like they were all about that before it was even kind of cool like it is now uh, you know everyone drove like a Subaru and had Birkenstocks before they were cool like that was the kind of town like hippie but like there's lots of colleges and like just New England is like elitist in the fact that like college is like like where you go to school matters unlike here no one cares where you went to school right oh um, yeah no people definitely wear like badges out there for yeah. sure between so, like where you went to school and what team you support I mean it's like everything so. so like the like being black there was like whatever there's a few like okay so one time I mean I was good at math so I was like in the like in middle school I was like in the accelerated math program right so there was like accelerated advanced and then regular so I was like in accelerated math and then the probability you know I was killing it I was getting A's all the time and then it, we got to like the probability section I just my brain at the time was like I don't really get this that much I got like a B, not even anything bad. And like teacher like 
was like, you can't handle it and demoted me. So I got bumped down because of that. That's it. So I was like, huh. Thinking about that, I was like, that was probably a little racist because like I was getting straight A's. (laughs) And then just because one test, like you decided that I can't handle it. Okay. Uh, What ended up happening is that I just was like, uh yeah no but this is math is too easy so like in high school i ended up taking like all the maths to get like caught back up and i took calculus senior year and i tested out of two semesters worth of calculus on the ap test because i was like whatever awesome yeah so i was just like (laughs) math was just easy for me but you know i was like huh it wasn't necessary to prove it wrong but i was like i don't wanna i wanna do the good math so i'll just take two extra math classes a year until I can like a dork <laughs> but it was fun it was whatever because I you know math came naturally to me and made sense no the, I, I think yeah go on go, sorry. no 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 go ahead no I just was it just find it interesting I feel like anytime a teacher I have quite a few friends that a teacher has negged them or something happened like that that effect and then they go on and excel beyond in that area and you're one of those people now too just i had a friend who was like told he would, could never learn languages and then he ended up being an international lawyer and studying like you know in latin america and being completely fluent in spanish and that like a spanish teacher told him like he could never do anything with the language and he had no capacity for it and it was like because that one person said no like literally it changed his career path and his life <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't even remember her name Right, I, like I don't. She probably don't remember me, but I just was like, okay, and like I, I guess I'm a little mad because my mom didn't like say, but I didn't. I wasn't really trying to fight it, and I was just like, okay, whatever, I guess. <laughs> but I was even in the advanced class. I was definitely the only black person in the accelerated class, and even in the advanced class, I was still like one of the only black people. And then, basically, in all my math classes, I was like one of the only black people and and same with like the honors there was a couple but like not not too many even though we did have like i'd say like 20 or 30 percent of the school was like black and hispanic so so it's like looking at that i was like oh okay but i i liked school so i did well and my you know i was an easy kid so my teachers liked me and the only other time really that i feel like like personally like race came up was like you know senior year sat time you know like i was in the honors classes so a bunch of preppy white kids and like there was this one girl that like you know was just like so obsessed like super preppy just like so much pressure on herself and i'm sure it's from her parents too to like go to the good school like all she did was study like very high strung whatever and we were just like talking about our like SAT scores and I did pretty well. I got like a 1290, whatever I did. And then this was before like they changed the scores or whatever. And she was like- That was high for the kids who don't know, the young kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't super great. I mean, but it was good. It was good. That's great. Very uh, good. Uh, I mean, but like, she just was like so shocked. She was like, you, you did that? And I was like, yeah. Like, why do you think I'm stupid? <laughs> <laughs> like why why would you assume that i'm an idiot like I, just because i don't try hard like you or all, that's not like my whole life like whatever <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> but i was just like dang i don't even talk to you why are you coming at me like that like bye um, so 
Yeah, no, I think it's interesting and and what you're talking about too, just the demographics and the makeup of like AP classes and that whole tracking system. And that's what um I was talking about earlier with with someone else too, just about that that focal point in middle school and that weirdness of like where kids kind of get tracked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like that last ditch. And so especially if you're that's just the one of the side effects I pe- think people don't always think about is of racism is kids get tracked really early. Yeah. What the expectations are for you are different if you're a black student in a school where there are not a lot of black support. And even when there are black teachers, there's sometimes you can still be up against it, like you yeah. just talked about, um, in different ways. And so kids stop trying or they're not encouraged to or told that they can't. And if you don't know how to advocate for yourself or you don't have a parent who goes mm-hmm. and fights back and puts you in that class or make sure you can be there, it doesn't happen. I mean, kids get, get lost along the way that way. And then yeah. you have friends like that who are working really hard and don't realize that you're, you know, your friend is a genius. And they're not, they don't have to do as much uh, to get to the same spot. Uh, didn't even understand that about you. Yeah. So. I mean, it is it is crazy because that it was like in seventh grade. Like, so it was like the beginning of middle school that like I got bumped down and I literally had to spend an extra year of just math classes to get ca- caught up back to where I would have been if I had just stayed on that track and it's because some teacher just decided I wasn't smart enough with with very little evidence and a lot more to support that she was wrong right Mm -hmm. but because she didn't really know me or care about me she just decided no this is too much for you and which is like wild like but all that extra work all that extra lost time yeah which I could have been doing fun stuff like better like more fun classes because we had a lot of like arts and you know other classes to take so it was a but I had to take a lot of math which like I said wasn't a real problem but like yeah it kind of limited me like because all my free courses all my extra courses I would be able to choose like an elective were math so it did kind of shape what like kind of what my high school career was just and it's wild because just some person and like the opposite like if if she would have been supportive and helped me or done extra like none of that would have happened and so it's like people don't realize how important teachers are and like how much effects they have on people and like educators are the most important people like that ever and they get treated like crap or people just do it because they like it's wild. It's kind of like being a nurse. You can be a nurse, but that doesn't mean you'll be a good one. And the good ones really can affect how people like feel. So, um, time. yeah, mm. but yeah, so, so yeah, I, and then I like had no idea what I wanted to do. I was like, okay, you know, and because we lived in New England, like community college was like, where you go if you're an idiot like that's not an option like if you're smart you're not going to community college even though now i'm like that's the smartest thing to do is not go into debt <laughs> dr gamble can talk to you about that he went to community college first before he went to and and ended up you know going on to, to become a doctor later so i think I've, uh I've been to just about every kind of college you can go to and there are a lot of stupid people at really nice schools <laughs> And there's a lot of very smart people at community college. It's, it's yeah. an interesting dynamic. <laughs> yeah. So my, you know, college counselor who had never really knew me, like met 
one time they're like, oh, you're good at math and science. You should go be an engineer. And I was like, oh, cool. Robots. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I, I like robots. Cool. <laughs> I'll go be an engineer, whatever. Nice. Uh, all right, so I, <laughs> I applied to a bunch of colleges. Um, I got into most of them because my sister helped me write my essay because <laughs> she liked to write. Uh, the one college that I applied to before I, she helped me, I did not get into it at all. But so she's the one reason I even got into school. I ended up going to RPI, which is a engineering school in New York, upstate New York. It's a big deal, I guess, for people that care about that stuff. And you, it was... Is it Rensselaer? Yeah. Wow. Now, I, I just want to pause and give people an idea of where Rensselaer is. Rensselaer is mostly a men's school because mm-hmm. they do math and engineering. It's not easy to get into it. I've tried to help students get into Rensselaer. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've met some folks who work there and they got a lot of innovative things that go on there. But you got into Rensselaer. Yeah. It, it, and I'm just kind of underscoring this story. So some dumb teacher kicked you out of math but yet you get into one of the most prestigious math institutions on the East coast. Yeah. I think MIT is probably the, the only bigger one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Come on now. Come on. So I, Oh man, college was a fun time. So, okay. So yeah, your Rensselaer is very male. There was like 30 something frats and like four sororities. So very male, and very white. Um, but, you know, I had grown up in very white spaces, so I was comfortable in it. It didn't feel, I didn't feel out of place. And I didn't, they did, they did have a black students union, but I didn't feel comfortable in be, becoming part of it because, you know, I'd, growing up in white spaces, you get told a lot what it means to be black. Um, mm. So, you know, I was an Oreo or I was like, oh, you're not that black. I'm black. Oh, yeah. Things like that. Oh, you don't listen oh, to yeah. rap music? Okay, you're a white person. So, you know, like right. I, I was afraid of my own people because I was told by people that don't look like me that I, was, I did, would never belong. So I didn't really hang out with them. But I had awesome friends and I, jo- I joined the rugby team and that's when I was like, oh, I don't have to be alone. <laughs> so that's when I came out like eventually as a lesbian right so i had my first girlfriend and i was like oh this is great okay well i'm never not gonna do this and like my family was supportive my dad you know honestly actually my family was very supportive my sister's like i knew it and i was like (laughs) does that does that sound familiar at all oh i'm sorry i don't know what you're like none of this i'm sorry terry are you listening to this whole story though? And like, it's so, anyway, even yeah. this black student union thing, like I got laughed yeah. out of like UCLA black student union. Like yeah. I went once to a meeting and I got so much shit from people in the black student union. I just never went back. I was just yeah. like, if, I was you don't, ostracized because they didn't get me. They were just like, you're not black. And I was like, no, I'm definitely black. Like, yeah. if, <laughs> just if you not, maybe not black like you, but yeah. If, if you don't purge those spaces of, stereotypical blackness and, mm-hmm. and you just don't allow people to be accepting. Cause I was advisor for a black student union mm-hmm. and, and I talked with the officers a lot about uh, we're all in this together, whether that student comes once or never, that may be the only experience that they have. Make it a good experience when they come in, don't push them away because at the time what I was teaching at Cal state long beach, there was only 
um, 3% black students on campus. So that added up to be about 1,500 black students, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and so sometimes you could walk across campus and not see any other black person. So don't disgrace this sacred space with your stupidness. <laughs> well, that's be, very nice. Be accepting. Be yeah. loving. Whether they're um, LGBTQI or anywhere on the spectrum or whatever it was, I needed them to be accepting. Because um, I, I think those moments where kind of like you were talking about, well, you sound white or you sound this or that and, and all those kinds of things, it just it pushes us further away from each other than closer together. And, and, and I'm sorry you had to go through that. But all of this, um, my sister and I are totally identifying with. Uh, this is awesome. I, I see exactly because why. Because he, he was like, I knew it. when he, he did that to me when I was in college, too. And I was like, whatever. You didn't know. And it's like, he's like, no, I was waiting for you to come talk to me. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had pamphlets and everything because I knew my mom and dad needed, they're going to need some guidance through this. So, yeah, yeah. We, we were ready. I was just waiting. <laughs> yeah, so I stayed at RPI for a while. And then I was like, oh, I actually don't like this. And this is not what I thought it was going to be. So... Mm-hmm. I did like two years and I was like, I'm miserable. Thermodynamics is boring. Where are the robots? This was all a lie. So I, I dropped out. Uh, my girlfriend had already graduated and she was working and she told me what her job was like. And I was like, that sounds so boring. I don't want to do that. So I, I dropped out and then I went to business school in uh, uh, University of Hartford in Connecticut, not Harvard, University of Hartford. Um, and that... So, you know, I did business because I was like, well, I still want to make money. But I also had like a major in biology because I was like, science, I like that. That's cool. So let me just, I just love school and learning apparently. So I was like, I'll get two majors, three, I'll I'll collect them all. Um, And that is where I'll never forget. I was like at dinner with this couple who I didn't know at the time was like trying to get some like poly loving on but I was like whatever not interested but they gave me he gave me a book about a trans professor I think in I think New Hampshire or one of the colleges about and it was a trans woman and like her journey and I like read I read that and I, I mentioned somewhere about being a trans man and I was like wait what so I like googled it and I was like wait a second what I can do this. I can actually become a, a man. And I was like, okay, well, it's happening. Like, I knew, as soon as I had that knowledge, I was like, well, how do I start this process? There was no like questioning because I know my whole life. Mm. So I like told my girlfriend, I was like, okay, I'm doing this. And she's like, oh, okay. I mean, she's supported, kind of sad. We ended up breaking up, but that's because you're going through a whole nother puberty again. It's, it's very, it's a very selfish process. So, um, but like, if it wasn't for her, I don't think I would have like had the courage to do it. And then I told my sister and she was super supportive. And then like, I told my family, they were great. Like my friends were very support. Like I just was so lucky to have the awesome people around me that I had to like help me start this process. But like, as soon as I could do it, I did it and shoot, like changed my name, started hor- like, it's a process. You have to go to therapy. And then you have, they have to like write a letter and say that you're you're actually like sound of mind to like do this. Then you have to find like an endocrinologist, and you know that just takes time. But basically, like a year after I decided on my birthday uh, in twenty, 
2008, I gave myself my first testosterone shot, and that was like Cade's birthday. Um, and yeah, it's like the best thing I've ever done in my life. Like it, it's like it really like opened myself like I don't know how to describe it but like I was I became the person who I was supposed to be and like my confidence just like I wasn't afraid to like be myself I wasn't afraid to like draw attention obviously because karaoke is my favorite favorite pastime (laughs) and and I wasn't afraid to like like whatever I liked like you know when I was in high school, I was like, I don't want to do, I was like, I'm not going to stop listening to pop music. I love pop music and I don't care what you think about me. I'm not giving that up because I spent more than half my life giving up things because I was afraid what people would think about me. Now I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I love Sound of Music. It's my favorite movie. That's the movie I would take with me if I was on a deserted island because it gives you everything you need. Love, <laughs> drama, songs. <laughs> dancing nazi killing like i'm like it's a it's a it's all you need in a movie <laughs> yes, sound of music. it's also like this is so funny you're bringing that up is like a favorite movie because that's anyway bringing back to mormon culture but that's like the most mormon movie <laughs> i watched it with a friend up at the san francisco they'd had to sing along at like the san francisco uh, mormon church i remember going i think it was oakland actually uh anyway and that's so funny to me i love that i love this for you um so yeah so like that so coming into that identity like the just like i never really put myself in the queer spaces because i was like i'm not a lesbian i just like you know like there's a whole crisis there and just being like i don't know what and then and then after i graduated i moved to mississippi so i was like i'm not going to tell anyone I'm trans unless I, they need to know. So, like, I kind of, like, kept that, like, a secret. And it was easy. Like, I I can pass, right? Like, sometimes I'm like, okay, well, if there's, let me check out the bathroom situations here. And if there's not a good one, I won't drink a lot because, you know, I don't want to put myself in any situation where, like, you know, danger. There is always danger for being an outsider or whatever. But... I had a blast in Mississippi. I'm moving back to Mississippi. It's like home. I found like awesome people. It's a weird thing to say, but like, it's a great place. But then moving to LA really helped with like accepting my black identity and like in coming to terms with what that meant. And also like, just like opening myself up more to like expressions like expressing myself and like my queer identity, right? Because LA is a wonderful place that like, it doesn't matter who you are, how you look, what you act like, no one pays attention to you. Like you're not standing out, you're not sticking out, you're not special. So you're, so you don't draw attention to yourself by being yourself. And then it's also where I like met so many different types of black people that were all like, no, but I'm still black. Like, it doesn't matter what you think I'm supposed to be like. Like, I, and like, it also like made me see some of like the internalized like racism I have. Cause I, this memory sticks out. Like, I was at the beach and this like girl walks by playing loud ass music, like <laughs> rap, you know, 
twerk music, whatever, just so loud. And I was like, I looked to see who it was, and she freaking was like in a wetsuit with a surfboard, and I, like that caught me off guard. And then I thought to myself, I was like, why would it be so weird to see a black person surfing? Like, are we not allowed to surf? But like, yes, we are. Yes, yeah. we are. Yes, we are. Brandon's part of the Black Surf Association, so you're talking to a black surfer right now. Katie. Yeah, but like I, you know, you never see them. You know, like in the media, you never like. No, yeah. I don't know any black people that surf. Exactly. So just like seeing, and she was like so about her blackness, like too. She's like, nah, I'm not like. I'm black. I'm listening to my ghetto ass music so loud that the entire beach can hear it, and with my like weave, and I'm gonna go fucking surf. And I was like, I love that. I love that so much. And also, I was like, why was I so shocked? That's that's messed up. So like, just seeing like the richness, and that like, finally being in a place where there is no black monolith, like because there is kind of one when white spaces they make you kind of act a certain way and it or expect you to be a certain way and are surprised when you're not, like when you're articulate or when you're good at math, like it shouldn't be surprising that there's black people good at math, but they make it seem like it's a rarity when it's not. So it's been like, I got my ears personally, I got tattooed. Like, it's just like been fun to be like, I can dress however I want. I can do whatever I want. I can pursue the things I want. I can sing the songs that I want. I can do whatever I want because no one's going to say anything about it because no one cares about you. (laughs) Uh, So it's been very free in that sense. And, you know, now, like, I am moving back, but, like, I'm not going to move back. And I'm I'm moving back to show people, like, hey, just be yourself. It's okay. Like, I don't know how that's going to be, but I'm not, I'm not like toning myself down or going back into a box. Like I'm going to be out. People are going to know who I am and what I'm about. And, you know, I'm just going to live my life unafraid to be me because I, I worked hard to get to where I am and had to go through some stuff, but also like, I want to show people like everyone's allowed to just be themselves and it's cool. And no one should work. Like, why wouldn't you be? It's like so much happier. <laughs> like I'm so much happier uh, now that I can like be myself and not worry about these labels or the stigma or like any expectations. Like I don't care. I'm me and I'm doing me. And if it wasn't a pandemic, <laughs> I'd be having a great ass time. <laughs> <laughs> you still seem like you're having a good time even in the pit in the even the pandemic, but um. I'm just floored. This is amazing, Kate, because like just knowing you and not but realize like you ever being shy is like shocking to me (laughs) because like you were just one of the most outgoing people when I met you. Just always just like just talking to everybody like you can work a room like you'll just go, you know, make a new friend like you come back with five new friends at the end of the (laughs) night. You know what I mean, though? And like and know where the after party is going to be like I just (laughs) I can't believe it. I mean, I love people and I I. I guess, like, I I don't know. I have that gift. I don't know where it comes from. Pro- my my parents, probably, they're very charismatic. But, like, I feel like I can make people e- feel easy around me. And I, I just love when people get to be themselves and, like, be silly and, like, have a good time and, like, not have to worry. Like, I, that's what I want everywhere I go. So it's, I guess, I, it's easy when you can model it to, like, bring 
make that start happening. So, but awesome. you're you're like the coolest person I know. Stop. <laughs> I'm Siri also just a nerd. Awesome. Same. <laughs> and Brandon, I'm sure you are the you'll, you'll be the second coolest. I mean, oh, I knew well, Terry first, so she's. The oh, yeah. first coolest, but definitely, I knew she was cool when she was about three or four years old, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I've been a fan ever since. I was a little jealous at first. I'm like, where did she come from? But <laughs> she is totally awesome, Miss Terioki. Oh gosh. Anywho, let's anyway. Everyone's awesome. You're all great. Okay, 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 okay. Um, but no, any, any. Anything else you want to impart, Cade? Any advice you would have for people? Just I, I don't know. And and yeah, yeah I know. I'm, I'm thinking yeah. of parents and kids who may be going through life, and particularly, you know, wondering about a transition or realizing that they may be trans, and and kind of where that may take them. Yeah. Oh man, you got me acting like I'm a wise person or something like that. You uh, are. You are totally. I'm like, I, I'm the opposite of that teacher. I think you're very smart and I think you're very wise and I think you play it down. But I mean, you're one of those people who get so determined. Like I was just like, you do anything and everything from just like, anyway, anything you put your mind to, you, you've made happen, you know, and, and, and with grace and it looks easy, but I'm sure there's been a lot of hard work um, in what you've done. So yeah. What, what's your, what's your advice? What do you want to impart on the people? Um, just be kind. I mean, that's number one. Be kind to yourself and to people around you. Um, and just let yourself be free. Like, do the things that you want to do. Don't be afraid. So, sometimes I do things and it turns out to be a failure and it sucks. But, like, at least I can say I, I did what I wanted. Uh, so I guess that's the biggest thing. Don't be afraid. Paint those nails. Get that piercing wear that shirt or that dress and and really like decide what what it is that would make you happy and follow that because you know that's the biggest thing the most important thing to me is having a good time <laughs> like what's the point of being miserable or afraid if you know that something is going to make you happy or that it's what you want just um go after it and for like all the like I guess trans or questioning kids or even adults out there like now's the now is like a the great time the resources like TikTok I don't really use TikTok but like queer TikTok is like the coolest thing I learned I still learn so many things and I'm like oh yeah like clothing isn't gendered you can wear whatever I want. like the pandemic and me i love moomoo's more than anything and like i'm never giving that up again they're like the most comfortable thing oh yeah no captain <laughs> i had a friend oh my god shout out to my friend ryan o'connor um he used to throw these amazing parties in the before times it was casseroles and caftans and we were, <laughs> everyone had to show up in one basically like in like in that vibe everybody didn't matter who or what you were um yeah but they're, they're the most comfortable they're amazing and if you think i'm gonna give that up because now people are gonna be like oh, why are you wearing that dress i'm like it's a cat fan it's a moo moo and who cares it's comfortable and it's my house <laughs> what, Damn. What are you gonna tell? <laughs> 
Brandon, I recommend it. Just try one. You'll you'll be like, I get you it. You know, someone actually recommend I get one this week. So I, I think I'm gonna have to. You it's know, a sign. <laughs> so my dad used to wear one too. And I, yeah, he I, did. Yeah, he did. But he he wore them a lot, and it was a little too interesting for me. So. <laughs> But <laughs> triggered. It's uh, yeah, yeah, trigger. yeah. I, I, but I, I think I can make it work. I think I can make it work. So I'm glad you're bringing it back up. Yeah. I forgot about that. He totally did. I forgot that that moment, that portion of our childhood. Yeah, oh he my even gosh. had pictures too. It was. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's wow. exactly my my brain just went to a photo of him, and I think he had like he put on like a silly hat for one of them or something. Like there was a moment. Anyway, was great. Awesome. He, he was getting his Isaac Hayes on. <laughs> yeah, full on Isaac Hayes. Yep, little Black Power moment. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cool. Oh my goodness. Anything else? Did we anything else you want to share? Anything else you want to impart? Any other questions you have or any anyone? Uh, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't. Like I said, I'm like this is just my life. I don't feel like it's that interesting. But like, it's I've made choices for me. You know and. Cause it is my life and I be- it's like the only one I'm going to get. At least that's what I believe. So I'm like, make it the most dude. And you know, I still have regrets. I was like going to travel the heck out of last year. And now that's going to be put off and, but it's okay. I'll do it eventually or I'll find something else that I want to do. Like you don't have to commit. Um, and if you choose something, you don't like it, guess what? You get to choose, you can choose to do something else. And I know I'm coming from like a, that's kind of a privileged statement in itself to say. Um, but <clears throat> if you have people that love you, um, you have, th- I think that's really all you need. Mm. Um, and give back. Give back to the community. Give back to the people and, and do your best to change the space around you and make it better. You know, you don't have to change the world. But you can change your world and affect the people around because that's really where where it starts and where it matters. All right, change starts at home and in your heart, kids. Uh, I'll take that. Yeah, thank you so much, Kate. I really appreciate it. You're more than just regular. You're you're exceptional and wonderful, and I'm really appreciate you sharing with us today. Yeah, super (laughs) awesome. So thank you guys for uh, joining us for another episode of Our Black History. We'll be back again soon, we hope. Um, You can check us out on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, We're around hanging out um, and happy to talk with you and, and looking forward to more wonderful conversations here at Our Black History. Thank you so much and have a great week. Lately I've been thinking about what this could be. And lately I've been searching